You are listening to the Black Sitcom History Podcast with Shannon and Summer, where we explore issues from episodes of the most popular and polarizing black television sitcoms from the 1970s and beyond. And the Dodgers win the World Series. Welcome back, everyone. I am Shannon. And I'm Summer. This is Black Sitcom History. It is. And uh, I guess L.A. is just dominating the sports scene. Mm. The Dodgers won the World Series. So we'll see if the L.A. Rams win the Super Bowl in 2021. But anyway, let's get this show started. I just want to give a shout out to our our <laughs> home teams, the Lakers and the Dodgers. And you know what? One, one of the, I don't know what position he played on the Dodgers, but it turns out he tested positive for the virus mm-hmm. during the last game, or the results came back during the last game. So they pulled him out the game with no acknowledgement. Like, they didn't tell people why they pulled him out the game. Mm. They just thought he was hurt or something. And during the celebration, he ended up celebrating with the team, <laughs> holding the trophy, and he took his mask off and everything. So the the major league um, committee or whatever they call commission, that's what they're called, hmm. uh, try, they're a little upset about that and saying he put people's lives in danger or whatever. Um, and, you know, I'm not a big sports fan, so this was just in the news when I was listening to NPR. They were talking about that a little bit. But uh, I he really wanted to, to celebrate <laughs> – you know, being a part of the World Series, which I I don't fault him for that, but he was putting other people's lives in danger because the COVID is a dangerous virus. That well, that's why can, he was taken out of the game. Yeah, that's well. and that's why all the games were actually played in in Texas, I think, or Florida. I don't know, but they didn't do a home team, home game and an away game. All the games were played in one location. They were trying to keep the virus contained, or not contained, or keep it from spreading. So they were trying to have the teams not travel back and forth. Mm. So, yeah. Anyway. Got it. So, um, yeah, so this this week was a little bit better for me. I'm not as tired. Mm. Um, I'm trying to get some rest like um, you suggested. Good. Um See how that works out. But I, I just feel so, I feel a little bit disappointed. Like, it, it's not that I'm tired that I can't work out, but it's the after effects. It's like, oh, man, I'm, I feel so tired. Mm. I shouldn't have worked out, but I'm happy I did work out. For those that don't know what I'm talking about, Summer and I discussed this last week about me working out pretty much every day and how I needed to take a rest day because I was feeling fatigued. But yet, I still felt motivated to work out. You know, I wasn't to the point where I didn't want to work out, but I wasn't recovering like I should have. And I, uh, my body told me that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, anyway, so we are in season three, and this is episode four of the Jeffersons. This is The Lie Detector. It aired October 16, 1976. Summer, I, 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 um, Something came to my, to mind mm. to me earlier today. Um, 
the last episode we're going to do on this this podcast will be um episode 6 which aired October 30th 1976. So it's like we're coinciding with the episode with our own timeline in a way. Mm, <laughs> it was just, yeah. just just weird. That's why mm-hmm. I'm weird like that. I think October things. 30th 2020. Yeah, today's the 28th. So when this comes out it'll be the 30th. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, so let's get started. All right. So the lie detector. Um, Lionel Jefferson turns down a high-paying job when his new employer when his new employer demands that he take a lie detector test. Not surprisingly, Lionel's dad, George, jumps to the conclusion that his son has a skeleton in his closet. All this intrigue occurs while George and Louise are trying to arrange a family portrait for the Jefferson clan. Uh, this synopsis is taken off of Rotten Tomatoes. I don't know who authored it, but that's where it is. So shout out to the Pete who wrote it. Yeah, thank you for that um, synopsis. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was an interesting episode for me. Mm. Um, I I don't know how true it is. I didn't do any research, but I'm jumping ahead a little bit. Um, when Tom learns that Lionel's new job required him to take a lie detector test, mm-hmm. Tom said, "Oh, lots of companies do that in states, different states, and yeah. it's not illegal not to do that." And I never, I've never heard of a company giving someone a lie detector test. Now I have friends that work like in the law enforcement Mm -hmm. and they told me they had to go through some sort of polygraph test through their interviews, but not the day that you're hired. You know, I, I would think that would be a part of the interview process, not the day you get hired or you have to take this lie detector test or whatever. Your first day of work. Right. Your first day of work or whatnot. Well, I did do a little bit of research. Oh, there you um, go. And so the smart. Uh, well, that's that's, who that's, you are. that's what Googling is is is. Well, Google's so smart. Uh, uh, Google is smart. <laughs> when you, yeah. you know who else is smart? That other lady. What other lady? You know, her name starts with an A. I don't know. You can't say it. Alexa. No, don't say her name. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go ahead. I didn't ask her. Mm-hmm. I was waiting for her to shut shut off. <laughs> um, the Employee Polygraph Protection Act from 1988, which is probably why you've never heard of anybody um, doing a lie detector test. I suspect you weren't. Maybe if you were working in 1988, it might have been your first job. I don't know. Or maybe not working. Yeah. So uh, the Employee Polygraph Protection Act from 1988 is a federal law that prohibits most private employers from giving lie detector tests to employees, whether the use is for pre-employment screening or during the course of employment. The law, however, does not apply to people working in federal, state, and local government agencies. There's some other exceptions but i think the the governmental agency jobs are the ones are the, where the main exceptions mm-hmm. uh are with that act even to today uh i don't know of anything beyond this mm-hmm. 
EPPA of 1990 or 1988. Mm-hmm. But that's what I found. So this, of course, uh, this episode aired in 1976, several years before um, this act. So, you know, because I was I was surprised too. like, why? Why is this okay? How is this okay for a company be, to be asking for a polygraph test? So, but apparently, you know, as as Tom mentioned, and um, it was common commonplace. Yeah, <clears throat> I thought it was okay because Lionel was black. That's what I thought. That's the you way. Thought I th- it was okay because he was black. Well, let me say this because I thought that's the way the show was going to uh, revolve. Oh. Was that they they were making him take one because he was black? They were singling him out, right? Uh-huh. That's why I was saying you know it was okay, but it turns out that they make all their employees take the lie detector test, mm-hmm. and um, Lionel refuses to take the the test basically because he he feels like there's no need for them to pick his brain if they can't believe him from his his resume and the questionnaire that he had to fill out beforehand. He also said it was bad enough that they had questioned his his friends mm-hmm. about some of the questions he answered on the um res uh, not the resume, the application mm-hmm. or whatever. Um and I you know I, I side with Lionel was what you 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 hired me because of my, and we're gonna get into that later too. You hired me because of my experience and because of my 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 resume and my talent or whatever. Uh, are you trying to find out some things about me from the past? Or are you just trying to find out I'm a liar? Which one is it? Yeah, I wonder what questions they would even ask. Yeah. yeah. Because um, at some point it sort of alluded to asking some personal questions, which even nowadays too, that's like you, you can't be asking people whether it's well there is no polygraph testing, mm-hmm. um, but you can't be asking people a bunch of personal questions. You know, it only it, it can only relate to what you're hiring them for, um, and their their past work experience or things like that. So. Um. Yeah, I can't imagine what they would even be asking. But my my thing was, I was kind of like not siding with with Lionel because, especially when finding out that it was a common practice to do, I'm like, I don't know mm-hmm. why he didn't know that that was common to do. What? I, and I why does he think he's special that he? I I don't know. You know, like I can understand why there's a problem with it now being 2020. I never, I never worked in, in 1970, in the 1970s. So I don't know what, it, what the culture was like, but I just don't know why he thought like, oh, well, I don't want to do it. Even though everybody else has to do it. I don't want to do it. <laughs> but Tom mentioned something also that I thought this was a new term. Mm-hmm. Um, Tom said, well, Lionel, I understand you don't want Big Brother all in your business, right? And I don't—I just thought Big Brother was a a new term because of the show that we had a while ago. Mm. I never knew it was like an old school term like that, Big Brother. But um, 
Tom even agreed with him as as well. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I understand you don't you don't want people in your personal life. You you hire me to take care of business, not to take care of personal issues yeah. in my own life. I think one of the questions has something to do with, with this with Jenny. Or was he married? No, that was before. Well, he asked him if he was married and if he had any children. Yeah. He, he just asked children. him, yeah. yeah any children. Maybe those were, were going to be follow-up questions right. that they'd ask again on the uh, polygraph. Mm, like, well, what does it matter? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I, from a principal standpoint, I understand where Lionel is coming from. And that's fine. You know, you don't want to take the lie detector test. That's that's fine. And he he was he didn't demand that they change their policy. Mm-hmm. He just declined the job. Right. Which is fine. But yeah. if taking a polygraph test is just culturally accepted in corporate America or whatever engineering firm across engineering firms um, in the 1970s. Does he think he's going to find a company that doesn't expect that? You know, that's what I was thinking about. Like, well, what if the next several companies you apply to are also expecting a polygraph test? Then what? <laughs> Something that I didn't really catch or understand was, so he was already hired for the job. Mm-hmm. That's the thing about it. It's like, I just, like I said before, I felt they should have just did all of that in the in the whole interview and job um, process before he got hired. You know, because he was, he was there ready to work. And they said, okay, before... There's processing yeah. like HR papers right. and benefits package and, and all that good stuff. And that was just part of the, the whole thing, the lie test. Yeah. Um, so when they're home, the <clears throat> the what was it? Not the CEO of the company, the um the supervisor that was doing the hiring for um for the job shows up to the Jeffersons mm-hmm. and First of all, George was upset with with Lionel for not taking the test and keeping the job. He was upset that Lionel um, declined the test and declined the job. Mm-hmm. Now, in previous episodes, now this can be a different company, but remember Lionel was offered a job making $100,000 a year or something like that? No, it wasn't $100,000. No. How much was it? I don't know, something like eighteen thousand. I guess oh, I don't know. I think I thought. Oh, okay. Anyway, so this job was eighteen thousand dollars a year, but I thought no, that was a equivalent to today's um dollar was a hundred thousand dollars. Anyway, mm-hmm. so George was upset with him about that, and while they're arguing, going back and forth, the supervisor shows up, and George is like, "Okay, good." He's here to offer you your job back. You you better take it or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that if the supervisor doesn't hire Lionel, then he will pretty much get fired, pretty much. Mm-hmm. And the reason being is because of affirmative action. They needed to hire 
a black person in the company due to affirmative action. They asked the guys, that's the only reason you're back is to hire Lionel because of that. He tells them no. Another reason or the most important reason is Lionel has the most impressive resume I've seen since I've been hiring people. And it doesn't matter his color. I would want to hire him anyway. Mm -hmm. Lionel asked him, what about the lie detector test? And he tells him, well, you don't have to take it. And he says, well, what are you going to tell your boss? <laughs> and he said, I'll lie. <laughs> <laughs> and that's pretty much how the, the episode wrapped up. Yeah. Um, now, I really was impressed how the supervisor didn't see the color part. He made it a point to 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 let them know, no, I really was impressed with Lionel's experience and his resume, his background, and his knowledge of engineering. That's the number one reason I want to hire him. The The affirmative action part is the second part of it. You know, it's just something that we pretty much have to do or whatever. Yeah, I, I think that's why they, they hired him. His, his, uh, I mean, when I say why they hired him, I think they had some quota to fill in terms of hire, you know, diversity hiring. Um, but amongst the other candidates, he, you know, was the top candidate amongst. Now, we don't know amongst the other black candidates or any overall. other person overall. I mean, I'm assuming overall he's he's impressive overall. That's the way but I felt. he only came back to. He only came to their apartment because he's black. Yeah, but he didn't come back. I mean, if he was an impressive uh, engineering, he doesn't have a working track record. He only has an academic track record. So they would have just kept kept it pushing and found somebody else to you know fill that position. But he, both things are true. He was impressive, but he's also black. But the black part is the reason why he showed up to their apartment. But he had to be highly. Impressed because he was sticking his neck out to lie yeah, it's for not Lionel good. anyway. I wouldn't lie. No, because he, I, he had a he had to. F that they had to hire him, or he, they, they felt like they had to hire him. Well, <laughs> yeah, but I'm sure they had other black candidates mm -hmm. in there too. But it's just the fact that he wanted to hire Lionel because he was impressed with his knowledge of it. Like you said, he didn't have a work history, so mm -hmm. his knowledge and his resume and his, his schooling, I guess. Yeah, that's that's. He could have went to another black person. Yeah, that's just me having you. You, that's and, me again having lower expectations of people, and you having higher like kind of expectations of, I don't know, like you thinking that he they they were so impressed that they had to show up to his house. Like realistically, that wouldn't happen. Uh, I don't unless he felt like he had to hire him or he or he'd get in trouble. Yeah, but he could hire any other black person or less. I would rather hire somebody that and it's all on paper. Mm -hmm. Was more impressive on paper than not as impressive as the next person. Mm -hmm. But like I said, he saw something because like I said, he he, he 
he would lie to his his boss. Cause it's, yeah. To hire Lionel. Because his boss Whereas told he, him to go go and and get him to to take the job. Right. So he's <laughs> trying to keep his job too. So that's that's mm-hmm. yeah that's why he's lying to the boss. Trying to keep but, his, um, his job too. But I don't. Hmm. That would be very awkward if you're hired and when you come in to fill out your HR paperwork, they say okay. Once you're done with that, we need for you to take a lie detector test. Mm-hmm. Like what? <laughs> no. I think. Like, tell me this beforehand. Does that come with the raise right off the back or a bonus? <laughs> not if ev- not if everybody's doing it. Yeah. But that's just. Hmm. I wonder. And who's just, even if you're telling the truth, if they turn out not to like you, they're like, yeah, the test came back negative or positive. Which, what is it? Positive? Positive that you're lying? <laughs> <laughs> I don't, which one? Yeah. And if they don't like it, like, yeah, the test showed that you lied on everything, but you actually told the truth. Like, what? You know? So it was an interesting and weird episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I yeah, I don't know what else to say about this one, Shannon. It was odd. I le- I did learn something about how things um, worked back back then. Um, it's just weird. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then we'll get into. I mean, we'll talk some more in a little bit about. Uh, some other things in episode six. I had some other questions that kind of got raised about uh, working and retiring oh, oh, and just, all that Oh, you stuff. mean just in so, work field in general, working, not about yeah. the lie detector test? No, not about oh, the lie okay. detector test. No, 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 no. Okay. But yeah, so that's that's it for this one. I just thought, like, uh, then I wondered, too, maybe, maybe Lionel wasn't really prepared for... Even knowing that there was a polygraph test involved, because you know his dad is not employed any anywhere. His dad is the owner of a business, of business, right? Mm-hmm. So he just doesn't know. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's something that the the kids would talk about on the college campus. Like, are you ready for that polygraph? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Want to move along? Take a break. Let's go ahead and take a break. Um, Before we take that break, I'll go ahead and tell y'all about our social media now. We are on Facebook and uh, what else? Instagram at Black Sitcom History. That's where you can find us. Um, Check us out. Check out our posts. Um, Leave a comment on a post. Tell us what's up. Slide into the DMs. And and when you slide into the DMs, don't slide into the DMs with some weird stuff. Just be normal. <laughs> they get so many like weird DM messages. Like, what? <laughs> okay. Anyways, I'm pretty sure y'all know how, how it is out there. Anyway, so so we will be back after a short break.
Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. Um, next week, Shannon and I are going to be doing something new, something different. We will be featured on author Kennedy DeVoe's um, show, Boss Conversations. It will be a live conversation with her on her Facebook page. Uh, author Kennedy DeVoe, and we will put that information into the podcast details for you all to check that out. That'll be on November 5th, Thursday, November 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time. So check us out there. We're doing doing some collaborative things these days, big things, collaborative things. So moving on to the next episode, Shannon, what's our next episode? Season. This is still season three, episode number five, and this is George's. Um, what is this, Summer? George's diploma. George's diploma. Sorry, folks. George's diploma. Why is it called George's diploma? Because <laughs> this really has to do with Lionel. Yeah. So this is a a kind of a follow up show to. Lionel accepting the new job that um, he first declined because they wanted him to take a lie detector test. So it turns out the company has a a newsletter that they put out every month or whatnot. And in this particular newsletter, they were featuring the new hires. And uh, they interviewed Lionel, and he told them that his father was a, um, a business owner and he actually went to Harvard University Business School and that's how he be, or that helped him um, calipote his business to where it is now because of his business schooling background or whatever. And we all know George Jefferson has his degree from the hard knocks life you know from the from the concrete jungle he he didn't he didn't even graduate from high school i don't think because um he had to help out with with mama um jefferson Mm because his father died so he started working early on in in life so he oh yeah we for sure he didn't graduate from high school because that's part of this episode um jumping ahead a little bit George decides to go and get his GED mm-hmm. um, to impress Lionel. So let me tell you a little bit how George found this out. Um, Louise, of course, visited Tom and Helen, and Jenny showed her the newsletter, and um, she she read in there what it said, and she 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 um, brought it down to George, and as he started to read it and finished reading the the article. It said that he graduated from, like I said, Harvard. And Louise hadn't read that far into it. She was just so excited that that Lionel mentioned um, his father in the article. Mm-hmm. Uh, she just wanted to hurry up and show George. And as he read it, he felt a little bit uh, uh, embarrassed mm-hmm. because he felt Lionel was First of all, lying, and I, and turns out, I mean, that's a good thing. George, he's he's not a, 
I haven't known him to lie in any of the episodes, but well, I take that back. <laughs> he he has like, he has lied, but it's um I don't know. I guess he doesn't want his son to to lie. He just wants his son to be proud of who he is, and so he he felt that Lionel was ashamed of the fact that his father didn't graduate from a college. Now, before this happened, Lionel was actually going out to have drinks with his coworkers, mm-hmm. and George um, offered for him to invite them down to the to the apartment to have drinks there. And you can tell Lionel was a little bit hesitant about saying no. He was he was making excuses, kind of, to say no. Because he didn't want his coworkers to find out that his father actually didn't graduate from from Harvard. Now, how would they know that? Of course, they would probably bring it up because I'm pretty sure a large amount of Lionel's coworkers' fathers actually did graduate from some college because mm-hmm. uh, of the environment he works in is predominantly white. I'm sure. So. Um, Lionel does this because he's basically ashamed of the fact that his father didn't graduate. And when George finds this out, he decides to go ahead and get his GED to at least show Lionel that he's capable of of doing it. And so he can also be be proud that his father um, accomplished at least that, getting his GED. Now, some, a few side scenes um, that were going on was George and Florence were making a bunch of, like, bets on, like, little riddles and things like that. And Florence bet hit, betted George that he could not get his GED, which I thought was kind of funny <laughs> by itself. How are you going to bet somebody? I bet you don't pass the test to get your GED. Whereas you should be encouraging somebody to get their GED because a lot of times that's what a lot of people can only get or are at that time in their lives. You know, I, well, I'm not going to have a lot of friends, but I had friends that dropped out of high school for reasons unknown, tell the truth. And then you had the, some of the bad kids who they, kicked out of schools but they had continuation schools and they didn't have graduation from them they they gave them GEDs mm-hmm. or whatever um so i thought that was a a mm, what's the word i'm looking for it was something that would also make george proud of himself yeah cuz i think it was something probably forgotten about pretty much you know he's like i made it this far without one but it's still an accomplishment, you know, to at least say you graduated, f- f- well, you have a GED now. Or more so, if he would have had that diploma, that would have been even better. But since he's a grown man now, all he can obtain is a GED. And, I mean, even to the, today, that's important. When you're filling out applications, do they even fill out applications still anyway? For, for jobs, because that's, mm, yeah. you know, mm. yeah, they do, I guess. Mm-hmm. Because that's one thing they do ask you 
do you have a high school diploma? And if not, do you have a GED? So it is something important to to further your career life and career in life. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have to start somewhere. And I think that's what George was thinking. Well, at least if I have this, he would be proud proud of me and not ashamed of me. Um, and all along, he wanted to do, to do this behind George's back. I mean, behind Lionel's back. He didn't want Lionel to know that mm. that he was um, preparing to take this test or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I felt like he was kind of definitely doing it. A lot of it had to do with George wanting to do this for himself to prove something to himself. Because, I mean, he wasn't about to go to Harvard or anything just to prove, prove that point. But, um, you know, his his life circumstances were that he had to drop out of high school um and do what he do what he needed to do to help out uh unfortunate but that's that's just how it was and i think that um i wonder i mean he does eventually have a conversation with Lionel and and well actually the conversation the real conversation of of Lionel being ashamed of George happened between Lionel and Louise. Um, George didn't want anyone to know that he was studying for uh, his high school equivalencies test, but uh, Louise did confront Lionel and say, hey, you know, he's in there taking, he's in there studying to take his uh, test um, to get his high school diploma and it's because, you know, you lied and said that he um, had graduated cum laude from Harvard Business School. So, you know, he, at that point, he was kind of like, at first he tried to act like, oh, I just kind of, it kind of just slipped out. Like, you like, know, because everyone, everyone else was, else was saying things yeah. about their parents that uh-huh. like, he's like, ah, um, but he's like, yeah, you know, I might have been a little bit might have felt a little bit ashamed and I I feel like because of where Lionel is you know he may not have always felt ashamed but it's like when you start when you you get into different social circles and people come from different backgrounds and everybody else is the same except for you and you don't start to realize that something might not be right not to say it's not right that (laughs) um George isn't a high school graduate or a college graduate but you don't start to realize that you're actually different um he may have realized that to some extent in college but um working in the real world you know, it's, it's people come from a, a certain, a certain, um, socioeconomic, socioeconomic background yeah. and have different, you know, everybody didn't like start at the bottom and, <laughs> or their parents didn't start at the bottom and work their ways up. It's like, they've got a generational history of, of, you know, college grads, not even college grads, but, 
not not even just college grads, but Ivy League college graduates. Mm -hmm. And um, so you don't realize like there's something a little bit peculiar about you until you really start to socialize with people who come from different backgrounds. You're like, oh. Okay, I'm different. I'm, you know, something about <laughs> something about this picture is different than everything else. And it's not just that I'm black. It's some other things. You know, in, in line of situation, I don't think there's no there's no reason to be ashamed of your or of your parents because it's where you are now and who you are now. But I don't think Lionel should have been ashamed at all because. If you think about it, it's like, well, yes, your father went to these schools and they probably worked for someone and had to pay X amount of dollars to get education probably, or mm -hmm. their parents paid X amount of money to get your education. Whereas my father's making what your fathers make, if not more, mm -hmm. and I'm right, I'm I'm right here along with you. You know, if anything, I would have been, I would have, I would have said, no, you know, my father just worked very hard. He doesn't have the best education, but he's, he's self-taught, you know, so that I like to hear that more so than someone taught me. Self-taught is, it it's, that's like a gift to me. It's like, wow, you were self-taught how to play the piano or no one taught you how to do this. Mm -hmm. It's just, you know. It's hard work, in other words. It was hard work, um, but you, sh you, yes, there's certain things I, I might be ashamed of of my parents or my father, but I, I think it it might be a, if situations came up, it'll be a way I probably would avoid answering it. I I don't think I would lie, but I would just somewhat. Mm -hmm slide or avoid my way from answering the, the question directly but with the situation with Lionel I would have just straight up said no nah, my dad is just a hard worker and he built his business from the ground up with no education and some people look at that more so like wow you know that's that's impressive mm -hmm. or whatever but I, I do see what you're saying when you know when you're amongst certain people and everyone's doing a certain thing or saying a certain thing. You you want to, you feel like you have to fit in, and say something similar to what they're saying. Well, and this goes back to a lot of people. Okay, and I, <laughs> there have been a few episodes now that I've brought up the whole um, college scandals and the and the the rich parents getting their kids into to these colleges. Um, there is something about like just pedigree and, um, uh, having the right, you know, attending the right school, attending the right private schools, attending the right, you know, universities, all this stuff. And it's, there's something about it that other people or at least people think other people place a high value on. So, you know, it, it, for, for Lionel, he, we learned in the last episode that part of the reason 
why he was hired was because of his black his his uh his ethnicity for being black right and another part of it was his uh academic record right so you know when you're amongst other people who have different backgrounds and you're the token you know it it might be perceived like you're the token black guy who got in here because you're the black guy and not because you earned it um and or or not because you just come from good stock and coming from good stock would mean something like my dad who is the owner of Jefferson's Cleaners is graduated cum laude from Harvard Business School. You know, that's perceived by some as coming from good stock. So, you know, it's also a matter of perception, too. Like, you don't want people to think. I mean, realistically, it doesn't matter what they think. You know, you got that job making your $18,000 a year, (laughs) whatever. You're there. It doesn't really matter. Like in a perfect world, it doesn't matter what other people think. But I think that it's I think it's it's natural and human nature to be like, wow, I, I want to look like I belong here. And I'm not here just because of the color of my skin. Yeah. So I'm going to uh, make up a story about my background or my family. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. It's when you brought up the the college scandal thing and the prestige or whatever. When I have conversations with people and the subject comes up of like what school you graduated from, and and I say SC, people basically like, oh really? Wow! Like everyone I've told that, mm-hmm. it's like, oh wow! And I guess SC is one of those schools that holds that prestige mm-hmm. um so yeah i mean now would you say it it does it, 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 okay okay yeah because you went there i mean no nah, i'm just saying i, I, I am biased however yeah. no but while you're talking i'm gonna look up something real quick but i i i understand what you're saying when, when you say that um because not knocking in any other schools or whatever but if i would have said you went to uh a state school, Long, mm-hmm. Long Beach State. People are like, oh, okay, cool, you know. But it's like when I say SC, they're like, oh, what does she study and and what does she do and all this stuff and mm-hmm. and a lot of time, <laughs> not a lot of time, but a, more than a few times, people are like, oh, uh, does she play any sports? Like, mm-hmm. why does she have to play sports? Does she get a scholarship? Like. No, not like that. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. she's she's smart. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't marry anybody that wasn't. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so yeah, this this um this is one of those episodes will just make you think about yourself. Like, what would you really do, or what have you done to impress? impress and to 
be equal with other people um, of your peers or whatever. Yeah. You know, um, and sometimes it's not, you might even stretch the truth a little bit, you know. Um, yeah. You know? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I, I don't know. I just, um, I don't know. I'll, I think I was always like, Not necessarily proud of the struggle, <laughs> but like if you were someone were to ask me about like, you know, my parents or whatever, um, I don't know. I'm just, a, I'm, I'm very much like, I'm proud of what my mom has accomplished, you know, like I'm proud of it for her. Like, it doesn't do anything for me. I'm proud of it for her. Um, you know, she's come a long way. And, um, I, I, you know, without getting in too much detail, but I'll just say growing up, my mom was younger than most other people's parents, of my friend's parents, okay? So uh, now my... I don't think my my older brother liked that too much. What that? That 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 our mother was younger than most other people's moms, our our friends' moms, and parents. Mm -hmm. But I thought it was cool. <laughs> I'm like, but, you got old parents. <laughs> but but yeah. But you know, having old older older parents has benefits too. You know what I'm saying? Like like if we were to have have more children now. They they'd be even more privileged than the ones we have. You know what I'm saying? So uh, mm -hmm. it comes a lot with some privileges. But I just thought it was cool. Like uh, my mom is not <laughs> oh <laughs> like I'm like is that your grandparent? <laughs> but 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 was your mom a, a cool young mom? Like everybody can come hang out at the house and no, my mom was serious. Oh, <laughs> she was a serious grown adult. Mm -hmm. I think my mom is more fun loving now than she was when she was raising us. She was like, no, I gotta just raise these kids. <laughs> oh, so I probably would have had a um, problem trying to date you in high school, huh? You would never have dated me in high school what? because you are too old to have dated oh, me yeah. in high school. That been that. <laughs> that I, wait a thing we was talking about. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I had a, um, I remember my freshman year, like I started high school at 14 just because my birthday's in september so um and we were on a year-round system and i was on the on the and we had three different tracks of students so i was on the track of students that started in the summertime like in july yes it was very hot and so started school in july birthday in september so i was 13 and <laughs> I remember this guy was a senior and um, I started talking to this guy that was a senior and he was already 17. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, he would call the house, whatever. He wasn't talking about nothing because, you know. You mean your mom let you get nothing. phone calls? But that's about all I could do was get <laughs> phone calls. I couldn't, like, go anywhere. Like, mm -hmm. I couldn't go out on dates. <laughs> so mm -hmm. I'm like, what are we even talking about? <laughs> I went, he went to the same school so I guess if we you know 
I technically technically I, I I wasn't allowed to have a boyfriend technically, but you know, I guess I could have gotten away with it with somebody that go to my school, right? But um <clears throat> anyway, so she was like, How old is this guy? Da-da-da. I'm like, he's seventeen. <laughs> and she was like, Oh no. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I was like, Oh, okay. My mama said I can't talk to you because you're 17. Okay, bye. <laughs> you told him that? Yeah. What? He wasn't interesting anyway. No. He it was like, whatever. I didn't care. So it was me. You you would have lied to your mom and told him, like, okay, I'm going to tell him. I was, I was a very, like, obedient child. Like, it just wasn't that serious. I was, like, never head over heels in love with somebody that bad. And I was just like, whatever. I'm like, it's cool. We can talk, but... Man, that's serious. I'm not about to get in trouble and die potentially <laughs> because I'm being disobedient. I was I was pretty compliant. Um, and like I said, it was it wasn't that serious. I'm like, you know, it's okay. We I, ain't gonna be together forever. I, you know, <laughs> it's fine. I, I wasn't bad at all, but like if I was defiant, like if they told me not to do something, I was like, I'm going to that party. Some way, somehow, I'm going. And I would go. (laughs) (laughs) And guess what? I I don't know. My my parents weren't really... I I guess I want to say I was kind of... I wasn't mature for my age, but I was responsible. Like, I took care of what needed to be taken care of. Mm -hmm. You know, there was nobody getting me up to get ready for school. Um... I, you know, I, I figured out my own routes to get to school, get home from school. Um, you know, I didn't I didn't tell them I was applying for a job. I was just like, I got a job. I start this week. Hooray. Yeah. And then after that, it was just once I got my job, it was like I, I was my own overseer pretty much. I didn't have a curfew. I I would go missing. I wouldn't say missing. I wouldn't come home for like the whole weekend. And my parents wouldn't even say anything to me on like Sunday. They'd just be like, hey. You're back. Yeah, like like nothing. You know, I guess it was more so I'm not bothering them. You're not causing any problems. You're not bringing any problems to the house. Right. You know. Because they they knew one of the, one of the days in the weekend I had to work anyway, but yeah, it was times. I remember uh, for those people that don't don't know, um, I was very close friends with a popular teen musical group back in the day, and I remember um, they were on tour, and one of their stops, of course, was here in Los Angeles, and they called me like, "Hey, Shannon, you know we're home." For a little while, won't you come to the to the venue where we're having a concert or whatever? And I'm like, cool. So I go up there, and they were like, you want to continue the tour with us? And I was like, yeah, cool. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Let's roll. And um, it was like seven cities left to go. And I just bounced. And I, I called my mom like on that Monday. I was like, yeah, I'm on tour with, with the boys or whatever. Um, I'll be back in like two weeks. <laughs> and she was like, oh, okay. okay. <laughs> right. And I think, and I, 
I I promise I think this was like it was very close to the end of the school year. Very, very close. So it was like finals were just about over. So it wasn't about me missing school. But mom was like, okay. Basically, she was kind of like have fun. Kind of. <laughs> you know? Mm. She was just like, I see you when you get back. <laughs> like, cool. And I went on tour for like the last seven shows, you know? <laughs> but I just feel like, yeah, my parents, they just... Yeah, they just kind of let me do my thing, like you know. Yeah, I wasn't really a free free range kid at all. But it, and <laughs> and I'm and, and I'm a boy. You were a girl, so it was a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course it was. I think my brother was really yeah. He was more free range than I was. Yeah, but yeah, he wasn't gonna probably not as much as I no, was, but yeah, no, yeah. yeah, you know, and I, I mean, things are different. <laughs> It was rough for me growing up then, too. But things are different now as well. Mm-hmm. Your parents need to parent more so, for sure, now. Um, well, yeah. Whatever that means. I mean, <laughs> you need to, you can't be 16, not coming home for three days like I did. Why, though? It's just different times. There's more things that's happening. Mm-hmm. It's, it's more. It's easier to hook up with a a, a a Lester than a Lester than it is when I was younger. We got, they got apps for that kind of stuff. I don't know. Hmm. You know, or maybe it's safer because there are the apps. Well, know. yeah, you can track your child <laughs> with the phone. Anyway, yeah. I don't even know how we got on this subject. Yeah, I don't know. But okay. But so, anyway, <laughs> so. Yeah. Oh, because you said you were gonna look something up about. Colleges, I yeah, think. I couldn't really find it. It was about USC. Um, I don't know. It's the best best school in the world. That's and all I gotta say. You know, I, I'm not. <laughs> and as the audience know, I'm not a big sports fan, but I I enjoy going to um, SC's homecoming mm-hmm. football games with you guys, and especially the last one we went to. We actually. Um, were able to go pregame, so to see the, all the festivities that they have, the tailgating and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But this year, Corona hit, <coughs> and we weren't able to. Well, not unable to go. They didn't have it. Are they? Yeah, because it's usually yeah. They're October. doing all kinds of virtual stuff. So for my class, it's a twentieth <laughs> year <laughs> uh, anniversary. Yeah, is that is that it? No. Twenty year reunion. reunion. <laughs> I'm like anniversary is not the year. It's not the word I'm looking for. Reunion. Um. So yeah, they have like a lot of just online virtual reunion stuff. Just like, and then you have some people on like the I'm on the Facebook page for um the reunion, <laughs> and the people are like oh we have to. We have to do something. I mean, we can't just settle for this virtual reunion. Shut up. <laughs> Take your virtual reunion and and go somewhere. Like, no, stop complaining. And it's, okay, this side note. Then we are gonna get back to the episode. The the virtual thing, you know, um, we have done about three 
escape rooms together. And I was on their website last month, and they were trying to do a virtual escape room. And I'm like, how would that work? And they want to charge you more. <laughs> like Tripping. Yeah. You know, anyway. So um, I think we wrapped this episode up, actually. Yeah, I um, mean, he got to uh, <clears throat> Lionel. I was about to call him Lawrence. Who's Lawrence? Lionel. Somebody with the L. Lionel, you know, he did admit to to what was going on. He told um, his dad that he was proud of him. Ultimately, I think that's what George wanted to hear, that Lionel really is proud proud of him. <clears throat> he told him he doesn't need to be studying to get his high school diploma, an important man like him, and doesn't need to prove. He doesn't have anything to prove, basically. So... Um, because he, he's proven quite a bit. He's proven quite a bit at this point. He, he's <clears> proving <throat> what kind of uh, kind of person, what kind of business person he mm-hmm. is, and mm-hmm. and he's he is a success. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, that's that's the end of that one. Uh, we do have one more to cover. Let's go ahead and uh, give you all a quick little break, and we will be right. Yeah, we will be right back. Back. Music from this episode is by yours truly, Summer Sky. The single is called About Love, and it's available on all digital music and streaming platforms. Check the episode description for more details. Welcome back, everybody. Thank you for staying with us. We're going to continue with... Season three, episode six, the retirement party. A major corporation makes George a tempting off tempting offer to buy his business. However, he must force his employees into early retirement as part of the payout. Mm-hmm. Which, what, first of all, what do you think about that, Summer? What do you think about <clears throat> when you reach your certain age? at your job that you're forced to retire. Even if you're, they don't know your financial situation, <laughs> but mm-hmm. at, at 62, like, all right, that's it. <laughs> you have to retire. And this is we what we have for you. Yeah. Um, well, it's age discrimination to do something like that. I don't know that you hmm. anywhere you well, I'm not going to say anywhere. I'm pretty sure there are some jobs you can age out of. Um but yeah. in general, you know, that would be considered some age discrimination that's not allowable. Mm-hmm. Um 
at the same time, their reasons for wanting to retire or terminate their employees over 60 or at 60 um, is, I mean, it's, it's due to some, yeah, they talked about in uh, the cost of health insurance. Um, they offer the benefits, but they don't want to be offering the, be- the benefits to people over 60. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then at the same time, uh, you have a growing crop of, of, of uh, younger employees who are sitting around waiting for the older employees to retire. Um, if those re- re- folks who are retiring, I mean, it doesn't really matter if, if the um, folks who are in their 60s are in kind of like lower rung positions, but if they're in positions that or in many positions where younger a younger generation can't move into because they just they they don't want to promote anymore and they don't want to retire then yeah i mean that that's that's a a real a real thing that happens and with um you know we live in california so the cost of living is 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 sky high so um some people can't afford afford to to retire. retire yeah, like I, you know, you want to afford to pay your bills, pay your rent, pay your mortgage, whatever. You need to keep working, <laughs> unless you just have enough retirement savings in, or have you know have the pension and social. You know, all that adds up to what you need to survive. But if it doesn't, it doesn't. Well, like uh, my company. It's we have some employees, and I BS you not. When I say pushing ninety, <laughs> they are definitely in their eighties. Oh wow! Now we have a few that you couldn't tell that they're in their eighties because they get along very well and they look young. And then we have others that look like, <laughs> like what's the man with the the black cape and the little shovel, the deaf man, what is he called? The Grim Reaper. The Grim Reaper is like right behind, it's their shadow. Like, you need to be somewhere else besides here. They got to keep it, working. It's so they, bad. They're in their prime. It, like, I'm about to tell you guys, it's so bad that these, the older folks I'm talking about, when they fall asleep in the break room, <laughs> People have to wake them up right away to make sure they're not dead. I'm 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 for real. Like if they're if they're sleeping like more than five minutes, somebody go over there and tap them on the shoulder to make sure they're still alive. Right? So when you said age out or how do you say it? Age out. Mm-hmm. So I mean you couldn't be a 75-year-old police officer. Unless you're like a a, a police officer and a and a senior You're citizen, not working at, working no, a senior citizen <laughs> um, facility. Facility, but you're 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 um, armed, um, sworn officer, but only yeah. in this um, senior citizen. I I don't want to say facility. The the um, country club. What is it called? Senior citizen. Retirement Ret- home? Ret- not retirement home, but the neighborhood they have. Community. Okay. That's what I'm looking mm-hmm. for. A senior citizen community. So you can be 75 and a sworn in 
peace officer, <laughs> but you go only police the community, the senior citizen community. <laughs> and it, so, uh, and if, if you see someone doing something wrong that does not live in that community, you have to call for backup. <laughs> so anyway, so back to the episode. George um, is offered a large sum of money to sell his cleaners to a corporation or whatever. And with that, he would have to fire, basically, his employees that are 60 and over. Mm -hmm. One of these employees that is actually 60 and over is someone very dear to George. He actually gave George his first job in a cleaner. Mm -hmm. So when George started his cleaner, he went back, I'm guessing, he went back and found this person, Ben, and said, hey, you know, thank you for giving me my first job. I have a cleaners now. I would like for you to be the manager of my one of my stores. So he would actually have to force Ben into early retirement. And Ben is a very vibrant 60-year-old. He doesn't, he looks 60, but he doesn't carry himself or act like a 60-year-old. And he also tells George, well, I don't have, you know, my wife died, Alberta died, and um, I don't have any, you know, I don't, I can't just sit at home and do anything. This job is my everything. Mm -hmm. And and my the people I work with, they're my family. And speaking of that, I brought that up in the last episode, how George considered Florence his family. I mean, a lot of people consider their coworkers like mm -hmm. their family. You spend you spend more time with your coworkers than you do with your family on on certain days, for sure. So, but George is about dollar signs. So he he's like, okay, yeah, no problem. We're just going to throw you a big retirement party, you know, <laughs> and congratulate you on the hard work you've done for me, and um. And um, see you alone. Say a handshake and thank you. Right. And and Louise feels that that's not right. She tells George, "You're always thinking about yourself, mm -hmm. right? When it, especially when it comes to money." Now, I don't think George. Okay, Louise says you only think about money and yourself. So I don't think George only thinks about money. In himself, he just doesn't think of the consequences that by him thinking of the money causes other people. So he um, is he is kind of thinking of only himself, but he's not before he thinks about what harm it would bring somebody else, he just, just goes where the money is. Yeah, I don't think he cares about anything okay, else. I'm trying to give him the benefit of the doubt. I know. So there I go having low expectations yeah. again. <laughs> um and the way George finds out and Ben finds out that they have to retire their employees over sixty is Florence is reading through the, the manual or the agreement agreement like for the for George signing over the business. And Mr. Bentley reads this also. And he misinforms George that, oh, this includes management also. 
one of the the caveats of George selling the business would is that he would be a manager within the company, and Mr. Bentley informs him that oh, this also includes managers. So once you turn sixty, they're going to force retire you as well. And George doesn't like the sound of that, so he changes his his tone and his beat and decides to um go ahead and forfeit the the contract with the company because he, he he's now in Ben's shoes in a few years. He will be in Ben's shoes at early retirement or forced retirement or whatnot. So he decides to to withtract his contract or whatever. And uh, turns out he was misinformed by Mr. Bentley that it included managers as well. Hmm. And once he finds this out, now he goes back to his original plan. Like, okay, well, I'm going to still sell the company. But the the wife he has, Louise, tells him, now that you felt how Ben feels now, how does that? How do you feel about that? And he, you know, he's like, <coughs> excuse me. He said he doesn't. It's not a good feeling to know that you're being forced not to work when you want to work. Mm-hmm. And at that point, he decides to go ahead and make the call and and um, cancel the agreement with the with the corporation that wanted to buy the 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 cleaners from him. Um. Back to the forced retirement thing, it's like certain situations, maybe because some jobs work on a seniority thing. So you can have somebody that's been with the, and this is part of being with the company for so long. You have advantages. You, and when you have seniority, if you've been with the company for so long, you might have, you know, the, the best shift with the best days off. And if you never leave, no one else would ever have those days off. No matter if they've been there 30 years and you've been there 31 years, no one will ever have those good days off. So I feel at a certain point, certain age, if they, if the company set up your retirement correctly, that you should be in a position to retire comfortably with the money they have set you up with. Now, the company I work for, they they have it set up now where all new hires are man, well, not mandatory, but when you start, they they I don't want to say mandate because you have the option to change it later. They on. automatically. They automatically. Yeah. Contribute five percent of your pay to um, retirement, okay, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. retirement. <clears throat> but you have the right to change it. But a lot, see, and the thing about it, a lot of the new hires they don't even know. <laughs> they, they like good for them. Have, it's like they don't even know. Like what? Well, number one, they don't. They look at their paychecks and I'm like, what is this? What is this 5% thing? I'm like, oh my goodness. I have to explain to them what's going on. <laughs> and then secondly, they don't tell them that they can opt out of it if they want to. 
I'm sure they tell them that. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, you know what? Yeah. No. Just because mm-hmm. people just because mm-hmm. people don't do stuff doesn't mean they didn't mm-hmm. get told. They would have to tell them. You can't just mm-hmm. not give them the option to change it or tell them that they have the option to change it or find that information. These are these are adults <laughs> with jobs. Well, well, they should be able to <clears throat> find this information. Well, in, somewhere. In my field of work, we hire a lot of young people. That it's their first job, and they're just happy to have a job, you know. And I, they're not if they are told. I don't. I think they're. I don't think they're told. I think it's sent to them in some type of document, and they. That's just telling them. It, it yeah, it that's, is. That's telling them. But there's been time where I receive documents like, okay, put that aside. Well, that's and I don't. Yeah, yeah, that's me. But some people like me. Put that aside. And don't go back to refer to it until years later. But, oh, I had the option, you know. Mm-hmm. But I think it is a good idea to take that 5%. But I also understand why they're doing it, too. Um, number one is to help the people out in the future. Because who's to say if Social Security is going to be around for these folks? Hopefully it's around for my folks, me. Mm-hmm. Um, cause it's just gonna be cherry on the top. That's gonna be my going out money. <laughs> <laughs> you gonna be in your prime, yeah, going whatever, out whatever I want. That's not gonna be my my surviving money. That's gonna be my going out money mm-hmm. and doing whatever we want to do money. But I think it's a good idea if they do it, especially for for the younger generation and people. With this being their first job, cause I can remember my first rear. Sorry. Um, first real career job was with the airlines. When I say first real job, I mean it was forty hours a week. You know, I knew my days off. It wasn't like I had to check the schedule every week. You know, it was a it wasn't a part time job. It was a yeah. forty hours a week job. <clears throat> and it wasn't until like, and I worked for the airlines for almost fifteen years, and it wasn't until. Maybe my sixth year into the my career with the airline that someone mentioned to me 401k. Mm-hmm. I heard the word before, but I didn't, you know, I didn't know. I started with the airlines when I was 18. So I was like 24, 25 at that time. I knew if I heard of 401k, but I didn't know it was. I'm not gonna say I didn't know it, it was something that you got from your employer but it was something that they didn't tell us or if they did tell us via document i didn't read the document right but it wasn't until like my sixth year into to my career with the airline that i actually joined the 401k mm-hmm. and i was uh set, like a couple of years after that i sat down and calculated how much money i could have had <laughs> and i was like wow i wish i would did this the day I started. Yeah. You know. So And a lot of a lot of companies are taking away um they're either taking away pension plans altogether, pensions altogether, um, or revamping them to not have a whole to not cover as much or 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 cover is not the word I'm looking for to pay out as much as they 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 used to 
So there's a big, strong push for folks to um, save, you know, invest money. I should say invest is probably the better word, but save, retire retirement savings, but put money or contribute money to their 401ks. Um, and I'm sure other people have their own individual retirement accounts too, but um, obvious, obviously it's nice to have uh, the bonus of your employer matching some of what you're contributing as well. Not, not only that, but the pension too. <clears throat> But I, it's, yeah. but see, and I, I work with a lot of people, especially older people, that they're depending on pension and social security and nothing else. And that's why a lot of them are still there. Because mm-hmm. they, they can't they don't have af- enough money. They don't have enough money to retire. Yeah. And they still don't want to contribute more money into a retirement fund with the time they have left <laughs> to at least help them out a little bit. They yeah. rather just pretty much work until they can't work anymore and then just live off of Social Security and pension. But see, and and I also have people that have retired and people that say they're about to retire. And I tell them, like, you still look good. You still look like you can go out and do something. And that's the way I want to be. When I retire, I want to be able to go enjoy retirement. I don't, mm-hmm. I want to still do my hobbies. I still want to work out. I want to ride my bike. You know, I don't want to not be able to travel somewhere and not physically enjoy myself, not be tired from a excursion or a tour and come back from vacation tired, basically, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. But, and I think that all employees, sorry, employers should have some type of seminar for retirement when you're first hired. A lot do. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. And a lot don't. <laughs> so I, I think everybody, all employers should do it, basically. Mm-hmm. Because in statistics, and they should also show you how to, well, it's each to own, really, but statistics show that people that have no debt or very little debt don't really have a problem with going to work. Like, it's not a big deal. It's more so I'm going to work. This money I make is my money. It's not going to anybody else. Um, and of course you have to pay for your, you know, your necessities, living food. So that, that doesn't count. Mm -hmm. But if you have no debt or very little debt, when you get paid, that money's your money. It's no one else's money. So you look forward to going to work because (laughs) That's yours. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you were in debt, you're working to pay somebody off. Yeah. You know, so I always thought if I start a small business or whatever, and it might be against the rules or whatever, but I would want to have a sit down with my employees individually. Like, look, 
how what's what's your debt like? What's going on? Let's try and help y'all get on a budget because I don't want I want you to be my best employee, but I would not mind losing you to something better than working for me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Like I don't you don't have to be stuck here. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want you this to be the best thing for you. You need to have some some fine some good financial um responsibility, mm-hmm. a good uh make some good financial decisions so that you can have some money and have some options. Mm. Yeah. Mm, that's all. Mm-hmm. But and every you know, everybody's not everybody's situation is different and sometimes they're put in situations where it has to prolong their retirement because mm-hmm. you know uh like we you know, we talked about divorce in the last episode. You might have somebody that has children and they go through a divorce, now they have to pay child support and have to pay alimony so they're not in a position to necessarily save like that Mm -hmm. you have people that are taking care of their children's children or even taking care of their children and they they can't retire because of that um even if they are somewhat retirement stable meaning they have the money in a 401k or ira or whatever but if they was to stop working, that money they have saved for the retirement would would um, diminish so fast mm-hmm. that they wouldn't be able to so- survive. So they have to continue to to work yeah. until that time comes, or you know everything's taken care of and they can um, retire. Whereas I and people that I know and just people in general. I would like for us and and everyone to try and get to a point where um you you how can I put it you're you're working towards re, a, a retirement goal meaning um when when retirement day come you're ready you know I want I want to be when they say, Shannon, you're eligible for, for retirement. I want to say, send me the paperwork. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't want it. Or if they come to me and say, Shannon, we're offering early outs. I want to be in a position where I can say, okay. Mm-hmm. And Summer has mentioned things to me that, you know, um, can make that possible. You know, but mm-hmm. it's it's just if I want to do it or not. Yeah. You know, you, you have to make decisions. It's it's you have to make decisions that you don't know the outcome until years later. You know, and it's it's kind of yeah. scary because if you don't know what's on the other side of the wall or the door. But yeah, it's scary. And, and you're but you're relying you're you're making those decisions relying on what you do know. There are some things you do know, but yeah, there are unknowns. There are definitely unknowns. When I say there are things that you do know, um, let's just say for 
a random example, I'm making $50,000 at my current job, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I get a job that's, my job, my current job is five minutes down the street from my house. The next job, I get a job offer that's $150,000 a year. But it's going to be, um, you know, an hour drive, hour commute away from home. So I know, I, I'm thinking, this is not an easy decision to make. I know that I'll be making $100,000 more than what I'm making now. That's what I do know. What I don't know is what toll that's going to take on me commuting from where I live now to this new job, which is going to be two hours out of my day. I don't know what kind of impact that's going to have on other people's lives. Maybe I'm the person that takes, you know, you know, let's say we have some little kids that go to lessons. I'm the little, I'm the person who usually takes some the kids to lessons while you're uh, cooking dinner. Now you're taking them to lessons. And what are we going to eat? Now we're eating out. No, now you, we, you're going to pick something up. I'm going to pick something up on my way home. Every day. <laughs> <laughs> but see, you know, do. it's just like there's all these like downstream kind of impacts to taking a job to make $100,000 more. Like maybe it's worth it, but maybe it's not. You just don't know, you know. But, okay, um... This is a bonus, you all. We're pretty much done with the three episodes of the Jeffersons for this podcast. So thank you for tuning in. And if you want to stick around for a little bit longer and listen to uh, our economic rant, or <laughs> it's not even a rant, it's just no. like advice and scenarios or whatever, you can do that. If not, we will see you guys next week. So have a safe week. And thank you for listening. So, so yeah. So if you're making the hundred fifty thousand dollars mm-hmm. compared to the fifty thousand dollars, right? Mm-hmm. And you say your commute is, you know, two hours a day. With the amount of money you're making, you're that much closer to a retirement dollar. There's a mm-hmm. there's a financial guy I listen to named um, Chris Hogan, and he says. Um, Retirement isn't a, a age, it's a dollar amount. Mm-hmm. Meaning, if you have a certain amount of dollars, you're, and no matter what age you are, you can retire, mm-hmm. right? So, if you're making $150,000, that's putting you two times or three times, no, two times closer mm-hmm. to, re- sooner to retirement, basically, if you play your cards right, which you should. Because you you didn't you didn't mention moving or doing anything else. You just said now you're making one hundred fifty thousand. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm there's a little more travel and a little more gas involved, and maybe instead of me picking up some uh, food, food on the way home, yeah. maybe we learn how to batch our, our meals and like batch prepare meals, yeah. and we you know we don't sp- overextend ourselves in other areas. Mm-hmm. So you know, yeah, I don't know what you're saying, but we'll get you a, a new car because you got that commute, that hour commute. But no. Seriously, that would get get you one closer to retirement. Now, you and I are different. So, 
One thing, uh, and I don't even think it should be a worry. It's like I thought about if I don't. I want to say if the time come, but when the time comes for me to retire early, right? Am I going to get bored? Like, cause I'm I'm a pretty active person. I like to just do anything besides sit down all day, right? Wash your car, cut the grass, whatever. I thought like, okay, so if 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 the cars played themselves right and I was able to retire at fifty seven, right? I'm that's still young, I think. And the expectancy lifespan of, of a male nowadays is what, eighty? Eighty five. I don't know, eighty five. So that's thirty years. <laughs> like, am I gonna get bored? I am, um, and I make and I will make or we will make good financial decisions where our money will not run out. But just would I get bored? And if so, I guess I can just pick up a job doing something I like doing, you know, or or pick up a job someplace I can get a discount on things I like, <laughs> you know, yeah. like at a auto parts store or. Some place or bicycle shop or gun shop, or I'll be 60 years old working at GameStop selling video <laughs> video games just to get discounts. But yeah, that's something I thought about. Like, would I get bored? You know, but I see people that I know that have retired who keep daily routines mm-hmm. as if, if they were working, like. They still get up at like five o'clock in the morning. They were like, yeah, I get up at five o'clock in the morning. I, you know, if they got a dog, they walk their dog, or they they make their coffee, or they go to <coughs> to the donut shop and meet their friends or whatever. You know, um, or they hit the golf course. Whereas me, I probably find some people to cycle with every day. So I, I there's things I could do, but um. Like you said, Summer, you, that wouldn't be a hard decision, I guess. You know, if if somebody offered me triple my pay and I have to travel an hour away. We'll figure something out. I would, (laughs) you know, I would just make it it, something I would have to, I would have to um, accommodate myself Mm. and please my driving commute. I would have to like buy the car that I would feel very comfortable and happy. Like, yeah, this this hundred fifty thousand dollar job got me this car, right? But I just want something. It have to be very comfortable and something I will want. You know, maybe a a, a Tesla. I like Teslas. Maybe a Tesla. Um, but you you would have to pat yourself on the back with something. You wouldn't want to be driving an hour commuting a car that's uncomfortable or a car that you're not really happy with. Mm-hmm. When I say not happy with, I'm not saying like a, a a beater or bucket car. I'm just saying a car you just don't like. You'd rather have mm-hmm. something else. I'd be I'd be patting myself on the back with retiring faster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean uh, Yeah, that too. Of course. But, I don't care yeah. about cars. I don't care. As long as the thing works. And it has a cup holder. For goodness sakes. 
a cup holder. But if you had an hour commute mm-hmm. and it's 105 degrees, you want AC? Yeah, I'm going to have a car with AC. Yeah. Leather seat. I'm not talking about a... I don't care about the leather seat part. Mm. I need a, I need I need um AC. I mean, I figure if it's a, hot, a I, like smooth, maybe I don't want a leather leather seats if it's that hot. Yeah, a, <laughs> I mean, you want a smooth running car, no, no no bumps or nothing. Yeah, there's a whole lot of things between the car that I have now and a Tesla that'll that'll do that for me. But the car you have now is pretty good. Too. Exactly. Yeah. Agreed. Okay. All right. Well, that, that's our little small bonus segment so um stay tuned for next week and once again be safe and thank you for those that listened in for the additional 10 minutes or so and social distancing on your halloween oh yeah festivities i guess i forgot all about halloween but yeah halloween happy halloween (laughs) okay but i got a it wasn't an invite but it was a a promotion for a Halloween party. You can continue to record somewhere. Oh, yeah. For a Halloween party that was at a hotel. At the hotel, yeah. Oh, you got that too? I've been getting emails from a hotel Halloween. Okay, so mm-hmm. this is the Highland Hotel, I think. In, oh, no, it's a different in, one. In Hollywood or downtown LA. Like Redondo Beach. Right, and mm-hmm. I, I was like, oh, that'd be kind of cool to go to. Nah. You know, get a canopy, because you get a canopy and it's like, oh. Yo, so. And your canopy is your party, mm. right? And then bus two pe- bus six feet six feet away, there's another canopy, oh, but okay. their party. So you guys aren't supposed to interact with each other, mm-hmm. you I know. So it's like our own party, right? Not. So I was like, oh, that'd be cool. Let me see what the prices are like. I'm thinking it'd be like one hundred thirty-five dollars a person no. or something like that. No, please. It was two thousand mm-hmm. dollars. And it said a minimum of two people. <laughs> and I'm thinking, like, who won't spend $2,000 for one person in a canopy anyway, you know? Mm. But the price was just ridiculous. And I understand businesses need to recoup some money that they lost yeah. and are losing over the corona. Um, I mean, that had to be a very special business. special um, <laughs> sort of event. Well, event or gathering it, for it to cost that much it, money. If it, not, like it included throw dinner up a, and things throw up like a canopy that, somewhere and have dinner somewhere else. Two thousand dollars and something else that happened to me today. Um, last week, grocery shopping, I bought some um, some candy, some ginger candy, <laughs> 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 and I, I forgot all about them. And Summer said, she, "Baby, want some candy?" I'm like, "What candy?" She said the ginger candy. I was so excited, audience. I, I was know. like, I was like, oh, I forgot. That was like the best. That was the best thing I said to you all week. Oh, nah, just all day. All day. I was Not like, oh my gosh, because I was like, I'm about to go steal some of your candy. He was like, what candy? I was I, like, I was like, unless you didn't. We said like, what candy? I'm like, oh, unless you, unless you already ate it all, because I, I was like, oh, maybe it's not there anymore. But I'm like the ginger candy. It yeah, it feels so good when you forget you have something. <laughs> And then you realize you have it. Oh, yeah. Man. It was good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, but the worst thing is if, like, say you have something in the refrigerator, but I'm going to go eat this ice cream real quick. And yeah. you go in there and your Ain't family no member, they ate it. Ain't or no ice cream. It's been time. But I didn't pour a bowl of cereal. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm about to eat some cereal real quick. Ain't no more milk. I go in the refrigerator. No. 
the milk jug's in there, but it's <laughs> like like a tablespoon left of milk in there. Ain't no more milk. Like, yeah, basically, ain't no more milk. See, that's what those people from that I'm not gonna say from the look. Those people that know that you can add a little bit of water to the milk. <laughs> And, it, and it's hey, and it's cereal. <laughs> mm. I've done it. You never done that summer? No, I never done that. Uh, look, you haven't struggled then, cause when we was younger, boy. I just, I did struggle. I just didn't have no cereal, or but, I just ate some dry cereal. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you guys. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you guys a story. This is this is kind of funny. And I remember this like it was yesterday. When I was in preschool, we had one white kid in our preschool class with us. Right, mm. and I don't know if his parents didn't tell the the teachers that he was allergic to milk, or he oh. didn't like milk. Oh, and it was breakfast time, and we had cereal, and he ate it, but like two minutes later, he was just giving it up, right? Mm. Giving it up, giving it up. And he was like, what's wrong? What's wrong? And he, I can't remember. I did say I remember like just yesterday, but I can't remember if he said he was allergic to it or he didn't like milk. Probably allergic to it. And, but he knew. <laughs> That's the thing about he it. He knew it was he, milk. Yeah, he knew. Right? So. You know, you know. But, but this the nasty. Pre- preschool. You no, but this the nasty part. Mm-hmm. This the nasty part. So the next day, mm-hmm. we're having cereal again. He ate cereal with water mm-hmm. for the rest of the preschool time. Oh, <laughs> I was like, I would have just been picking up the pieces nah, of cereal he, and putting them in my mouth, little dry but, cereal. But the cereal we had was so it needed something because <laughs> it was so hard. It, was, it wasn't mm. stale, but it was just hard. It was that public public school cereal. <laughs> mm. You know. Anyway, thanks for listening. See you guys next week. Happy Halloween. Oh, if anyone dresses up, post some pictures of of, of yourself dressed up on our Instagram. We should dress up or, as George, George and Louise. Or you can just tag us. You can't uh, post us I don't on, know post how on our but Instagram, but yeah. you can tag us tag at Black Sitcom History. Yeah, if you dressed up as someone uh, that's you part of Black as, uh, Yeah. Matter of fact, remember one Halloween we were going to dress up as... I was going to dress up as um, Shonuff. Bruce Leroy. And I you thought you were going to do Shonuff. Oh, you're right, Shonuff. And you was going to dress up as Vanity or Sade. No, it was Vanity's character. Vanity. Yeah. Laura Charles. Laura Charles. That would have been tight. We still could do that. We should have a Halloween party in the house. Yeah, maybe. Just me and you. Could do it. I'm going to dress up as you. I'm going to dress up as me, and you can dress up as Mrs. Jones. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys. See you later. Bye. Peace.